whatever situation works best for you, whether it's the work-life integration or the more of the work-family balance, do what works best for you and do not let anybody else define that for you. Welcome to Where Accountants Go, the Accounting Careers Podcast. I'm Mark Goldman, a CPA and your host for the show. Well, one of the fun aspects of having a podcast for a few years is that you start to have guests that no other guest, and that in turn, no other guest, etc., etc. And this week's guest came to us through that route. Jessica McLean in the Washington, D.C. area joins us for today's show. And this is going to be particularly valuable for those listeners that are early on in their careers or just about to get their career started. And if you're already many years into your career, like I am, I think you're going to find a lot of truth in the insights that Jessica shares as well. We talk a lot about work-life balance, starting a family, and what works for you may change along the way. It's a really good discussion. And if you do enjoy this podcast, please take the time to rate us in your podcast app or share it in social media. We love getting new listeners, of course. It just makes the show that much more fun to do. And I know it takes a little extra effort, but if you can find just an extra minute or so to leave us a review or share the show, I'd really appreciate it. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get started with today's guest. Here's Jessica McLean. Well, hello, Jessica. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me today. No problem. Well, for the audience, we have Jessica McLean today calling in from the Washington, D.C. area. Jessica's a friend of some of our former guests that she knows through her AICPA involvement, and that caused us to be able to connect and to bring you this episode today, actually. I'm sure we're going to learn many things, but one in particular is I know we're going to get into a discussion of public accounting and industry and probably compare and contrast the two a little bit because Jessica's moved back and forth a couple times, actually, between the two. Jessica, before we get into your current situation, and I do want to get to that, but I think it's important for the audience to get an idea of your full career journey. So let's start at the beginning. What led you to consider accounting? as a possible career choice in the first place? Thank you, Mark. That's a great question. So my journey started very early back in childhood. I knew from a very young age I wanted to pursue a career in accounting. There was a teacher, a part-time teacher at my elementary school, and one day she had a wad of money in her pocket, and I asked her, I said, what do you do to have so much money with you? And she said, I am a tax accountant. And I knew from that day on the accounting profession was for me. But the funny thing is, when I went and started my collegiate journey at Tallahassee University, I actually changed my major from accounting to business management. At the time, I did not understand the career possibilities and opportunities with an accounting degree. I just thought accountant, and for me at the time, being young and ambitious, this seemed a little boring to me. So I changed my degree, my undergrad major, from accounting to business administration and finished that around 2006. And I journeyed and had it started my career with the federal government out of undergrad. And I did that for six months and realized that wasn't for me either. And I would say through the urging of a supervisor at the time who opened my eyes up to the part of accounting, which we call auditing. That was something I wanted to pursue. So I left my full-time job at the time and went to get my master's degree at George Washington University. A year and a half later, I did my interviewing 
with several firms and decided to go with KPMG. And that's where my career in public accounting started. Who would have known, right? Wow. Um, yes. And so I started off wanting to do accounting and change and it went back to it and spent so many years doing it. So I went to KPMG. I was there for three years and had a great time there. I learned so much. But after three years, the recession, the Great Recession had ended. And this was around 2010, 2011. Like you mentioned, I decided to go industry, take my audit knowledge that I had from public accounting, but go industry. Did that for a year and realized again, hmm, that wasn't for me either. I actually loved auditing. Funny as that sounds to some people, I'm a bit of a nerd and decided to go back to public accounting and continue to pursue the career opportunities available to me there. I stayed in public accounting for, let's say, about another, mm, say, six years or so and made an even bigger career change last year. I was blessed enough and lucky enough to become a mother, which is one of the best things that have happened to me. But with that, as many women have experienced becoming mothers, it's a big challenge. It's a great thing, but it's a big challenge, a big undertaking. And at the time, public accounting could not serve my needs of what I needed to be to be an employee and also a mother. So I took the risk and I quit my job back in August of 2019. Very scary, huge risk. I had a great husband who was very supportive of my decision to do that. I took about six months off, went through a grueling emotional job search. I will say the positive side of having that time off was I was able to spend a lot of time with my daughter that I will always cherish, but I would not have had if I had continued to work. The opposite side of that was the emotional journey of finding a new job. I had made a decision. I did not want to go back to public accounting. I wanted to go industry. However, my industry, my entire career had been with the federal government. Of course, being based in D.C., the federal government is a major employer, whether directly as an employee or on the contracting side. And I didn't want to do that either. I wanted something different, very different. I wanted a new challenge. And after six months, I was given the greatest opportunity to work at a controller for a not-for-profit called Brand USA. And I've been there a couple of months, and it has been absolutely great. I'm so happy I was able to make this transition in my career to go into industry, to go into a completely different industry in addition to getting out of public accounting. And it's been great so far. So that's been my journey. I spent about 11 years in public accounting and went back and forth. But this is where I am now. Wow. So what kind of nonprofit is Brand USA? What do they do? So they're not a typical not-for-profit. They are very different as I continue (laughs) to learn. They are part, I would call them the marketing organization for international travel to the United States. I love to travel. So to be able to work for an organization that's mission is to promote travel to the United States to individuals overseas is great. Of course, with what's going on at the moment with COVID-19, it's definitely, you know, impacted the travel industry as a whole. But our organization is here to help and support our partners and our contributors with the marketing when everything turns around and hopefully gets back to normal to continue to push travel to our great country. We have so many great places to travel to and again, to be able to support an organization such as is amazing. It's a great opportunity. Wow. I had no idea when we booked this that you were involved in the travel industry. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess it's a, your organization is a service to the travel industry here. Then you're trying to promote individuals using travel, the hospitality industry here in the U S to people overseas. Is that? Yes, that is exactly, that is correct. Yes. 
Is it a membership kind of organization? Or, no, it's or not a membership organization. What we do is we have various partners, and we talk about everyone from various tourism localities from California to Virginia to your hotel industry, the airlines. They contribute money to our organization, and we go out and market the great places of the United States. We've had movies that have been premiered just to show the parks of our great country the music of our great country. Um, It's been eye-opening for me because I didn't know all of these things were there. And so that's what we do. We help push the agenda of getting international travels to the States. Okay. Okay. I'm curious. Now, by the time this airs, we're going to be, I'm almost a month ahead right now in recording, which is usually a wonderful thing. (laughs) (laughs) The dynamics now, it's posing a few challenges, but are y'all able to do anything at the moment since travel is restricted or how are y'all having to cope? So what we're actually doing at the moment, we're still doing our marketing. We've definitely pulled it back in some areas of the world. We do a lot more online and digital. We don't want to completely stop what we're doing from a marketing perspective, but we have pulled back in some areas to be mindful and to the sensitivity of the nature of what's going on, what's going on across the world at the moment. Okay. Okay. I figured I had to ask. So how long have you been at Brand USA? So I'm only here about two months in. So this is very early and very new to me. And even with what's going on, it's a great challenge for me, even from the accounting perspective. I've been in auditing my entire career and I've actually moved to the other side. And all the challenges that are going to arise from a financial reporting perspective because of this, and it's something I'm new to as well. I'm actually looking forward to the challenge. I'm glad it's here. It keeps me on my toes. In addition to being in the new position in, in general, was the organization already seen an effect when you came on board? Because, I mean, we're talking about February timeframe, so I'm sure internationally there were much more dramatic COVID-19 issues than we were having at the time in the U.S. Yes. We, okay. They were already very aware when you came on board. Yeah, <laughs> yeah wow. they were. Wow. Okay. Okay. You've given me a lot of things to think about. I have to tell you, I sort of wonder when you changed your major from accounting to business management, if you temporarily forgot about the wad of money, as you described it. <laughs> <laughs> it came back to me at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard it described that way, but I just I'm cracked up. <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. I think that is something that we find in the accounting profession, and it has more to do with how society portrays it, but it's portrayed as being more boring. And really, it's a lot more people-focused than anyone would ever imagine being outside of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I hear from people all the time is that we need to do something to fight that stereotype a little bit, for sure. Exactly. I agree. Let's talk about public accounting and industry, I guess. Comparing and contrasting that a little bit, it sounds like the hours were a little bit of a challenge with the new family. Is that what you were alluding to earlier? Yes. Right. It very, it really is different. And a big reason is, as you mentioned, you know, the hours and demands that are put on you in public accounting, because you're not only working with you have the teams that you're managing, the expectations that are put in you from your leaders within your organization, and also having to service your clients. So you can be pulled in many different directions on a day-to-day basis. Um, and with that comes the demand for increased hours. And as becoming a new mother, it's just something that at the time just didn't work for me and wanted to do something different. There are many individuals in the profession that become parents and continue to stay in public accounting, and I think that's great. However, our profession is great to where you're able to do different things at different points in your career. I've talked with many individuals during my career journey, especially during my job search, 
who left public accounting and went to industry, went back to public accounting. And I think that is great, the flexibility, the opportunity that is there to be able to be agile in how you work through your career and in our profession. I think that's actually a great thing. I do. I agree with you entirely that accounting just gives you so many options. I mean, everybody needs an accountant in some way or another. (laughs) (laughs) Really, if you're creative, the opportunities really are endless in in accounting. What are your thoughts on maintaining, you know, if people say work-life balance or work-life integration is what I'm hearing a lot now. What are your thoughts on maintaining the proper balance there? I mean, what's worked for you and or maybe what have you seen that hasn't worked? However you like to take that question, industry or public, what advice would you have for people? Sure. I would say before becoming a mother, I was a big proponent and believer of the model of work-life integration to where if I needed to work late in the evenings, over the weekend, I was able to do that. However, there's times where there were slower periods and after busy season where I needed to take additional time off just to recharge and reset, I was able to do that. I would say, but after having my daughter, that completely changed for me. I now am more of a believer of the work-life balance model. However, I will say with that, I don't necessarily believe there's always this perfect balance that doesn't exist. Even in my current position, I know there'll be times where I have to work a bit more because of deadlines and demands and other times where I can pull back. However, I would definitely tell anyone now being in this part of going into industry I've had to do is one, make sure I put up the boundaries that are needed for me in my life at the moment, communicating those boundaries to my boss and my staff, and also keeping them there. I've heard many stories of people who have put boundaries up to ensure they have the life, quote unquote, balance that they need. However, as times go along, they kind of lack those boundaries, and they're kind of back in the same tailspin they were before. So I feel as though so far I'm doing my best to have those boundaries. And I would tell anyone, whatever situation works best for you, whether it's the work-life integration or the more of the work-family balance, do what works best for you and do not let anybody else define that for you. You have to do what's best for you and your family. Yeah, I really appreciate you saying that. I've been in the recruiting industry for over 20 years now for accounting professionals, and I find that younger up-and-coming professionals, you know, students and people the first few years in their career, there's definitely a bias towards the right way to start your career is in public accounting. And there's definitely some benefits for some people to doing that. But for some people, it really is the totally wrong answer because if it doesn't fit what they need or it doesn't fit their personality, so to speak, they're actually harming their career for a few years mm-hmm. and getting unhappy, you know, and yeah. And I've known many people that got a great internship in industry you know, and, and immediately just stuck with that company and were there for many years, some mm-hmm. in excess of a decade, you know, with that first company and, you know, never set foot in an accounting firm. And personally, if I were still doing accounting, I'd probably do tax. So I, <laughs> I like public accounting. <laughs> but it's not right for everybody. Exactly. Yeah, there's definitely a bias, definitely a bias. Along that line of thinking, I guess, what are your thoughts for students or what's your advice for students who are trying to decide what path is right for them? Because so often I hear when I talk to students, you know, I'm trying to pick between audit and tax, right? (laughs) And it's a very stressful decision for some of them, which is intriguing to me. What are your thoughts or what advice would you have for someone at that point in their career to to try to figure out what's right for them? Any suggestions? Yes, definitely, definitely. I would first say let's calm our nerves. 
a career is a journey. It is not a one-time decision that has to be made. I tell people my story. If I look at where I am now in my career, I would not have believed I would have even been in public accounting at some point in my past. And so it's okay to not have all the answers or go down a path that it may not work for you. You don't know that until you actually work in that profession or that area and discover it. So I would say start off by maybe leaning one way to a particular interest, uh, talking to people in your network that have worked in the various parts of our profession and go down that path and you try for a few years. And if you don't like it, it doesn't work out. Guess what? That's okay. Because our profession offers so many great opportunities. And again, I had no clue myself when I was finishing my undergraduate degree all the things that you can do, that all the industries that you can work in. There's tax, there's audit, accounting, there's even the technology aspect of our profession as well. So it doesn't have to be all figured out now. It's okay because your career is a journey and you're going to have so many opportunities throughout your 20, 30, 40 years of working, depending on what you want to do, to do so many different great things and contribute to this profession. Because Mark, as you mentioned before, our profession is needed. It's not going anywhere. It's not going away. It's changing, of course, with technology being one of the areas that's impacting it and changing it. But to me, I look at that as more opportunities to be a part of our great profession. So it's okay to not have it figured out now. You'll have time to do that. Great advice. Great advice. So tell me about all your certifications. I haven't counted up all the letters, but I mean, (laughs) Yeah, the letters on the left side of the comma and the right side of the comma look pretty balanced. (laughs) According to LinkedIn, you're a CPA, CISA, PMP, CGFM, and maybe that was all that fit. I'm not sure. So (laughs) talk to the audience about your certification journey and which ones did you pursue first and why have you chosen to get all those various certifications? Sure. So I see. I started with the CPA. Of course, you're in public accounting. Your okay. employer is going to definitely want and want you to and encourage you and support you in various aspects to obtain your CPA license. And that is the highest mark you can get in your career as in public accounting is that CPA license. So that's the first thing I did. I think I passed my four parts of the exam within a year. And so I was able to get licensed this was back around 2010. And at that point, I thought I was done. I finished all of my schooling. <laughs> I got my CPA. I'm done. But then being in the federal profession or the industry within public accounting, I obtained my certified government financial management certification, the CGFM. Again, thought I was done, went a couple of years. And then in 2016, at the encouragement and urging of the managing partner at the firm I worked at at the time, I decided to explore the CISA. Now, I never considered myself big on technology, so I never, ever considered it. However, the compelling story that was made was the way the technology is changing just the world of business in general, but even the profession, I need to understand how technology impacts the audits and the other engagements that I was managing at the time. I said, okay, I went and took the, I think Osaka in the D.C. area had a review course. I studied, went and took the exam and passed. Great. Wonderful. Again, I thought I was done. A couple of years later, the managing part of my firm again encouraged me <laughs> to go after my PMP. <laughs> and I definitely appreciate him for the encouragement because I might not have pursued all of these without that support. And my PMP has been very helpful, especially at my time in public accounting when you're managing multiple audit engagements. So you have multiple teams, various clients, various deliverables, various deadlines. And I'm a big believer that the PMP certification was very helpful in being able to successfully execute my various client engagements. So at this point, I would say I'm done. 
but who knows? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? That's right. There, is there a travel industry accountant certification? Because that might be a natural <laughs> step. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think you're only the second PMP we've had on the show, and, and we've done over 160 episodes. Yeah, it's intriguing to me. We interviewed our first one here a few months back. That's an interesting arena or interesting field for me. I've taken just a couple classes on it. It's very, very intriguing. I'm curious, which certification, not counting the CPA, but which of the other certifications do you think has been more meaningful in your career? The CGFM, the CISA, and PMP. Has any of them just had a greater impact or effect for you? Oh, Mark, you're going to make me choose. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Not everybody can get I worked so hard for all of them. (laughs) I will say they each have played a vital role at various points in my career. For the CGF, for example, that was very helpful. Basically, the entire part of my career so far, working with the federal industry, ISISA was very helpful, again, to help with the understanding the information technology aspects or impacts on my audits at the point in time when I was in public accounting. And it also gave me an opportunity to work on other IT-related audit engagements as well that were not financial statement, but run by the IT department within the firm I was working with at the time. So it actually gave me an opportunity to do other types of audits, which was great. And as I mentioned as well, the PMP has been great when it's come to managing various projects at the simultaneously. And although I've left public accounting and it went to industry, the, all of these certifications are just as important now, whether it's my organizations maybe looking to do a system implementation short soon, so that system will be very helpful. Also, uh, managing various projects that we have going on within the accounting department at my company as well. So I have to say, they've all been very helpful at various points in my career. It's hard to put any of them above the CPMO. That's the one. That is the mecca of our profession and one of the most difficult exams to pass. But they've all been very helpful in my career as far as making me more marketable. As you mentioned, I've definitely jumped back from public accounting to industry, but I've definitely learned a lot. And it's also allowed me to network with other people who I've gone to PMP-related networking events, ISACA events as well. So I've actually been able to meet great and interesting people outside of those necessarily the public accounting profession. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was a fair question or not, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) You gave me another thought, though. I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on this. Frequently, when I go talk to student groups, one of the questions or even statements I'll get from a student is, I'm not sure I'm going to pursue the CPA certification because I don't want to work in public accounting or I don't plan to work in public accounting or something along those lines. What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts or advice? What would you say to someone saying that? I would say... Don't limit yourself at this point in your life and think you may not want to work in public accounting or never want to pursue that opportunity because you may. You know, as I mentioned before, your career is a 20, 30, 40 year journey and you may never know where that's going to take you. But what you want to do is take on as many opportunities as you can to open as many doors as you can to explore various aspects of our profession by not pursuing the CPA, especially early on in your career when life is a little bit easier, when you don't have the demands of, let's say, a family, family situations, or having moved up within your career, to be able to pursue it. I would definitely even add, after my long six-month career journey for looking for another job, one of the things that came up a lot in my job search was wanting individuals that were CPAs. 
I saw it yeah. a lot. That was a lot of times the number one job requirement that I saw, especially if you're looking at being in a management director level position, even within industry, the CPA a lot of times was the number one requirement. So I will tell anyone, do not sell yourself short by not pursuing that certification. I think it's a great thing to do. It can, again, open so many doors, provide so many great opportunities that you don't want to lock yourself out from. So why not go after it? It's a small chunk of your life. It may seem stressful and crazy at the time trying to study for it, but that is such a great achievement. And again, you don't want to shut any doors on yourself at this point, this early in your career. So go after it. Go get it. That's a good point. Yeah, it really does give you a lot of options later on. Yeah. It keeps your options open later on. Yeah, it's very important. It's very important. So what do you enjoy most about what you do now? I know it's only been a few months, but curious what you're enjoying about it so far. Sure. I love the fact that it is very different. And you might have noticed when we talked earlier, I bounced around a lot because I don't like to be bored. When you spend a lot of your life having to work, you want that to be as interesting and as impactful as possible. So, you know, leaving public accounting and going into a completely different industry, I love the challenge of learning something new. I'm not walking in the door having, quote unquote, all of the answers and knowing exactly what to do. There's a lot that I have to learn. And my team and my boss have been very supportive and understanding of that and willing to answer my questions and guide me through any issues or matters I may be running into. And I also enjoy that my boss and my boss's boss, the CFO of the organization, saw the value that I can bring to their organization being an auditor. But even though I didn't have not-for-profit experience, that my 11 years in public accounting brought a lot of great experience, leadership, project management, team management. And I appreciate them for looking beyond some of the initial maybe concerns they may have had in my resume and looking at what I can bring to their organization and their team and the department as well. And it's been great so far. My boss, she is absolutely amazing, great to work with. And I also have to add the balance that it brings me in my life has been great. The time I now get to spend with my family has been enjoyable and I've been able to take a lot more time for self-care, which has been great as well. Um, but it's been a great ride so far and I'm looking forward to what's for me in the future. Mm, that's a good point. And just for what it's worth, I agree with how you were positioning, you know, work-life balance versus work-life integration. Uh, I have a teenager, but also we're foster parents. And so almost all the time now we have an infant in our house and I can balance, but I can't work-life integrate with a baby bottle in my hand. There's no answer in an email, you know, when, when you're feeding an infant. No, not at all. <laughs> it has to be dedicated time. <laughs> oh, totally, yeah, I understand the concept of integration, but there's just some times <laughs> where you can't. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Well, I mentioned this in, in the beginning, you're involved with AICPA, and I'm a member of AICPA, but I've never been involved at the national level. Most of my professional involvement's at the local level and state level. So tell us about your AICPA involvement. What have you participated in, or you know, what committees have you served on? Sure. So as you mentioned, for the first, I'd say, 10 years or so of my career, I was a mere, just pure member of the AICPA. However, that changed for me about two years ago when I became a member of the AICPA's Women's Initiative Executive Committee. And I know you've actually interviewed some other members of that committee that I um, have great relationships with. And I have to thank Kimberly Ellison Taylor. From her guidance and her encouragement, she 
reached out to me and mentioned about volunteering with AICPA. And I had no clue the opportunities for involvement with the AICPA. And I thank her so much for that encouragement and those words of pushing me to pursue those opportunities. And so I've had a great two years on the WIT committee. And it's actually saddened to know I'm going into my last and third year of the committee. However, I was also recently appointed to the Student Recruitment Committee and also the AICPA Board of Trustees. So my volunteer time with the AICPA is definitely not done. I still have more work to do, and I look forward to continuing my service with the profession. I'm actually glad that I'm able to give back to a profession that provides so much, but I definitely encourage others that I know in the profession to do the same as well, whether it's at the AICPA in the national level or at a local level with their state society. But giving back and volunteering for our profession is something we all should do. It's a great thing to do. Is there anything in particular, and if not, that's okay. We didn't plan for this, but is there anything in particular about either one of those committees and the initiatives that they have going on that you would want people to know about or that you're particularly passionate about? I would say for the WIC committee, I am a women's leadership enthusiast. So I read everything about women's leadership and growth opportunities for women and all the tools and materials that the AICPA WIC committee has. We help assist with the Women to Watch Awards at the state society level and the support that we give to that. Various toolkits from mentoring to coaching, our annual summit that we have every fall where we get a lot of us together and have various and amazing great speakers and have a great time and provide encouraging opportunities to others. And that's one of the great things I love about being a part of that committee to see what we're doing to help and support women in our profession. Mm, Wonderful. I'm not saying this to butter you up or anything, but I can tell you from talking to you now for over half an hour, I feel good that you're going to be on the student recruitment committee because I I think you have a wonderful (laughs) perspective and (laughs) really, thank you, Mark. I feel good about the future of the profession for a little while. You know, thank you. I appreciate that. Years. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, last question, and then we'll have to get to the final three questions just for time's sake. But last question before we do, based on everything you know now and, and all your career experience, if you could go back in time and give your younger self just one piece of critical advice, what do you think that would be? One thing, the one piece of advice I would give myself is making sure I'm out networking and connecting with people. And I don't necessarily mean just people within the profession, but it could be somewhat closed-minded if we only connect and network with individuals that are in the same industry or in the same area of the profession. But networking and connecting with other people just in general, there's so much that you can learn from various perspectives. And I wish I had taken that opportunity to do that earlier in my career. I'm definitely doing it now. I'm volunteering more, being a mentor with the AICPA, and also with my alma mater, Towson University. It's allowed me to meet wonderful people, great people, and learn so much more. So that's what I would tell myself is to network and connect more, even outside of the industry and the profession. Mm. That's great advice for right now, too, because I, I don't know if you're hearing this, but I'm hearing stories and, I guess, feedback in the profession. You know, now that we're all working, or so many of us are working from home, that people are getting eight hours of work done in four or five hours, and which part of that's wonderful, but part of it means we're losing out on the connections that we generally have, you know, in the workplace. And, mm-hmm. and I think some of the relationships or the connections may be detrimentally affected later on. And so, yeah, that's a good reminder. That's a good reminder for sure. Thank you. Thank you. 
Well, I do end every podcast with the same three questions. It gives us a lot of uniformity across all the episodes. The first one's usually the easiest. From a career perspective, what's been your proudest moment? The proudest moment? I learned a few years ago the true meaning of servient leadership. I just started my job with another public accounting firm and attended their annual awards recognition and Christmas party. And I sat there saying, you know what, next year, I want to get some of those awards. There was the Employee Achievement Award. There was the award for obtaining a new certification, being promoted. Within a year, I did that. I was promoted the next year. I obtained another certification, and I was actually one of three Employee Achievement Awards. And after receiving those awards, I had a talk with my mentor, and she said, you know, at this point in your career, being a true leader means it's not about you. It's about what you can do for others and pushing them up in their career. So I made it my mission the next year for individuals that worked on my team to put them in the right position to give them the visible opportunities for recognition. I challenged them. I set some tough goals for them. And it actually was great for them because the next year, two of the three employee achievement awards went to two individuals that worked for me on my team. And one of them was even promoted as well. That was the proudest career moment for me. And it wasn't even about me. I appreciate the hard work that those individuals put in day in and day out. They were hardworking, dedicated, and just great to work with. I wish I could take them for the rest of my career with me as I continue to work in my career. But that was the proudest moment, truly understanding servient leadership and what it means to pull others up as you climb. Mm, that's definitely a good leader, for sure. Well, second question, or really just more of a request. Tell us about a lesson that you learned the hard way. And the more you could tell us about the situation, the better, of course, because that's how we learn. Sure. So becoming a manager. Wow. Being a manager <laughs> in public accounting, <laughs> you're dealing with a lot of personalities, different types of people from all different walks of life and backgrounds. And as earlier in my, I would say, management part of my career, I was naive to understanding what that meant. And there was an individual that worked for me at the time who was actually old enough to be my father. And I made the mistake of not getting, taking the opportunity to get to know him and understand how we would work as a team and how we would communicate with each other. I'm a millennial, so I'm a big texter. That's what we do as millennials, lots of emails. However, for this individual, that didn't work that well. That wasn't the same. That wasn't the expectation. That's not the communication expectation that they were wanting. And it was something that was brought to my leadership's attention. And that was, I would say, about four or five years ago. And to this day, I think about that moment a lot. And so I've made it my mission anytime I go and work with the new team members to get to know them, understand their motivations, understand their pet peeves, understand what keeps them up at night. What motivates them? And I think that's, I feel like that's worked pretty well for me going forward and to be able to truly understand my team and how we're going to be able to successfully work together. But that was a very difficult lesson. I and mean, I know I'm pretty sure other managers have experienced that because running a team is not just about getting the work done. It really is about collaboration and working and having a team that's able to work successfully together. Mm, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that is one of those things that generally we only usually learn the hard way. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. Sadly, <laughs> at least the first time. <laughs> well, last question, and then we'll go ahead and close it down. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Best piece of advice I've received is that I should define success for myself. Because if I don't, I'm living my life for others, and that is not fulfilling. 
I really took that piece of advice during my career journey and looking for another position. I again, wanted to get out of public accounting. I wanted to transition into another industry. And many people told me it'd be very difficult to do, not impossible, but very difficult at my level at this point in my career. And I said, I cannot let others define success because there were individuals that were telling me I was giving up on myself by leaving public accounting and no longer being on the partner track at the firm I was at at the time, that I was settling by going into industry. And I didn't let them define that success for me. I know what success for me is now, and that's how I plan to live my life because that's fulfilling because living it for others is not fulfilling. Yeah, that's good for all of us to remember. And yeah, you have to learn what success is for you individually. That really is a great lesson. Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, I'm so glad we were able to get connected. Thank you so much. And I really, really appreciate you sharing this much time with our audience. This has been very beneficial. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Mark. Well, that was our interview with Jessica McLean. I really enjoyed this one. And some of the takeaways that I personally have from this interview were in regards to the conversation about work-life balance and the term work-life integration. I really do feel like there's a place for both philosophies in today's workplace, but I think we need to be honest with ourselves on what each really means. And secondly, how Jessica's story is yet another example of how adaptable you can be with a background in accounting. It really does open up so many opportunities, particularly when you pair it with a certification, or in Jessica's case, four certifications, actually. There really was a lot of truth in the insights Jessica shared with us today. I really appreciate her time. Well, if you found value in this episode for yourself, please make sure and leave us a rating in your podcast app. We really do appreciate you taking the time to do so. And please take a look at our publications online. We have two books on Amazon, 49 Tips for a Successful Accounting Career and 49 Tips for Working with a Headhunter, both available on Amazon. Thank you again for joining us. I'm Mark Goldman, your host for the Where Accountants Go podcast, and we'll see you next week. There's more to come.